Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Peaceful Body Podcast. You are joined as always by Inez Bai, your host, as well as a health and mindset coach. And today I'm bringing you an interview with the incredible Liana Nielsen. I am super excited about this chat because we talk about gut health. We talk about the gut brain connection and why your gut issues may be linked to how stressed or anxious or depressed you are in your life. We also talk about the importance of meditation, which I feel like we hear all the time that it's so important to meditate and prioritize it ourselves and do the self-care so that yet still sometimes we struggle to actually implement it as a part of our routine. So I hope that this episode inspires you to take care of yourself. And if you enjoy this episode, you feel like you learned something from it, we would absolutely love if you could take a screenshot, pop it on your story and tag both me, Inez Bai is my Instagram handle and also Liana Nielsen. I will leave her all of her links linked in the show notes as well. I hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. And I can't wait to hear what you learn. Hello and welcome Liana Nielsen to the Peaceful Body Podcast. I am so excited to have you here today and we have already been chatting for like 15 minutes about your whole life story and everything that you've been doing and everything that you've been learning and I'm already completely fascinated by all that you have to offer and every, all your wisdom. So I'm really, really excited to have you on the podcast today. You are an integrative nutrition, health, and wellness coach. So very fitting for us here on the Peaceful Body Podcast. How are you feeling? It's my morning, your nighttime. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited about this. I think we have a lot in common. So I think this is going to be a really fun conversation. Yeah, no, I'm really excited. I feel like a really nice way to start the podcast and give us like a little insight into your life is how do you love to like start your day and make sure that you're you know, setting yourself up to have a really good day in the morning. Maybe do you have like a morning ritual or something like that? Absolutely. So it's gotten pretty long these days because my pandemic and everything's so open-ended, but I spend the first thing I do after I get up and pee is get back in bed. You got it. You got it. Get back in bed and meditate for 20 minutes. And I usually do some sort of silent meditation and then I usually rotate between two to three different books that I keep by my bed, mostly usually spiritual bent of some sort. So I'll read a few pages of a couple books and then often write my journal. And these days I've been doing other, like a guided meditation afterwards. So I spend about an hour in bed meditating, writing and reading, and then I'm ready to get up. Wow. What a way to set yourself up. I love that. And it's really getting you to be intentional, aware with your thoughts. And so you do a silent meditation, you read, and then you do a guided meditation. Often. Yeah. I've been doing some lately, just going back to do some like deeper inner child healing type Mm. of stuff, but it goes all over the place. Abundance work, body healing, kind of whatever I'm in the mood for. And there's always, um, I got into, I've gotten really into Joe Dr. Joe Dispenza's work. And he talks so much about sort of retraining your emotions and where you sit. So every day incorporated in somewhere in there, I usually do, whether it's in the 20 minutes or a separate like five to 10 minute meditation where I'm really sitting in a space of love, joy, or gratitude, thinking about like a situation that I've imagined that makes me feel really good or people I really love. I try to sit in like a very heart centered place for a while. And I found that's like one of my, if I only have five minutes in the morning, I'll do that. That's like the only thing I'll do. And that'll start my day really beautifully. 
Yeah. And I love Joe Dispenza. Breaking the habit of being yourself literally changed my perspective on the world. So as a listener, if you're looking for a new book or even an audio book to read, that's a little bit in the spiritual, but also neuroscience realm. oh yeah yeah get into it um and for me I did a I did like a what did I do this morning do you know Tara Brock yeah yeah so I did one of her like heart compassion meditations this morning I only did a six minute one because I was getting up early to do this podcast episode and a question I always get from my clients is how uh, sometimes you have that feeling in the morning right where you wake up and all of a sudden you're like I couldn't possibly lie in bed and meditate for 10 minutes or 20 minutes or read or ETC and obviously there are different circumstances that you're in with being in lockdown especially where you are so it's like you feel like you have more time but how did you kind of train yourself to be able to have this morning routine and to allow yourself to, you know, be, take it slow and sit in stillness? Um, I think, well, it was sort of, it, it happened by accident, really. I was living in New York City for probably close to 10 years at that time. I was acting, I was running around like crazy. I was bartending at night. I just like never had a, a moment to myself mm. ever, ever, ever. And I started to get pretty sick with an autoimmune disease. I was having like all of these crazy different, uh, just so many different symptoms, seeing so many different doctors. No one could tell me anything. Everyone was trying to shove pills down my throat. It just was like kind of a disaster. And it culminated into um, me, uh, getting adrenal fatigue where I ended up in bed for the better part of a year, a lot of the time. So I was really, really exhausted. And then also between that and I um, was seeing a naturopath who kept telling me, you have to meditate, you have to meditate, you have to meditate. And it was one of those days where, you know, you're just, you get up and everything's fast, fast, fast. And living in New York for a long time, you just sort of adopt that mentality where it's like everything's scheduled, everything is as fast as you can. You know, you're just always on the go everything is just like your brain is going a million miles a second. And it was like in the summer, it was pretty hot. And I remember I'd like, well, I'm kind of late. I'd gone for a really long run. I hadn't really eaten anything. I was dehydrated. I was running to go. I used to do a ton of comedy. So I was running to go to improv practice with my team and I was making breakfast really fast. And I, I was pitting an avocado and with a brand new knife and I almost cut my index finger in half. And I just moved to Brooklyn. I didn't know where anything was and I hadn't eaten anything. I was dehydrated and I started passing out. I was like bleeding everywhere. I almost cut my finger in half. So I ended up like calling an ambulance because I didn't know what to do. I had to like, go get stitches. It was like one of these stupid days where you're like, how did I do this? Bleeding everywhere. And it was this weird combination of I came back. I couldn't really do anything. Um, I like couldn't bartend. I was on, you know, painkillers. I had six stitches. So it was like kind of a mess. And I remember I woke up after a weekend of, um, you know, drinking wine on painkillers, which is a terrible idea mm. <laughs> before I became a health coach and had no auditions on Monday. And I just remember surrendering being like, I have no energy. I'm running around like crazy. My body is falling apart. Like I just surrender. Like I, I surrender. I don't, I can't, I, I can't do it. Nothing's working out. So I remember I, I, you know, went on YouTube, I found some sort of healing meditation and I was like, I give up, I give up. And it was in that moment, that first time that I really sort of started to commit to meditation. I started doing it every day and I had changed. I started in that time, starting to change my diet and lifestyle, but meditation really, really healed a lot of things in my body. And then with meditation comes, you know, a deeper sense of listening and understanding to your body. So with that, 
I started to, you know, see synchronicities in my life. Like six months later, I ended up finding uh, the health coaching program that I went to. And it was like this weird door had opened, but it was basically because I had hit a wall. My life wasn't working. My body was falling apart. I wasn't very happy. The relationship I was in was struggling. I just felt like everything was, you know, the wheels were falling off. And I was just sort of like, I give up. Sure. Everyone says meditate, do it. And it just made such a profound shift on my physical and mental health and helped open me up to so many beautiful things and sort of got me in the flow of life that it's, you know, I couldn't say better things about it. I, you know, it's, it's the best thing you can do for yourself. Yeah. And it becomes a priority because it opens up so many doors, like what you said. And it's so um, funny, I think, how we have these really vivid and detailed memories, like of you cutting the avocado. Like, of course, you're going to remember that because it's probably a bit traumatic, almost losing your finger. But then off the back of that, having the, I guess it was like the catalyst to kind of meditating and becoming more self-aware. And as you were describing that, I was thinking about, oh, what kind of led me to meditating that the first time? And I remember really specifically, I was in my last year of uni. I was working pretty much full time whilst also doing placement hours at uni, which is where you're doing like work experience and not getting paid for that, which is why I had to continue to work full time, trying to study on top of that and, you know, have a social life and train and ETC, ETC. And um, I remember going, walking through the park when I had a break at work and calling my parents and I stopped sleeping. So I started getting insomnia, which is the last thing you want when you're working from 5am and getting home at like 9pm or you want to go to bed because you're exhausted. And I was really, really tired, but obviously because I was so wired and so on the go the whole time, I just, my body was just so stressed out constantly that I couldn't sleep at all. I was getting like two or three hours a night then trying to live my life. And I remember walking through the park, calling my dad, which isn't something that I do all the time, but calling my dad and being like, I'm just not sleeping. And my dad is a very like logical, not very like, I don't know, kind of guy. And he was like to me, well, maybe you should meditate. And it was so shocking to me that he would suggest that to me because he'd never said anything about any sort of self-care exercise. He was never like go to yoga. Like that was not something that we grew up with at all. And I think it was also shocking. And because I was feeling so like burnt out that in that moment, he was like, Oh, you should meditate. And I remember downloading the headspace app and doing a meditation right then and there in the park. And, you know, it's not one of those things that like you meditate once and then your whole life is healed. And then suddenly my sleeping improved and I was able to just like have more energy. It's really one of those things that we have to do consistently over time, because then we build up a bit of a reservoir and it gives us like, the more we do it, the more we learn about ourselves but I think it's just really interesting how we can reflect and remember those moments that at the time may not have seen that important but in reflection it's like such a pivotal time so yeah um and I guess for you like when let's talk about your journey as starting a health coach I'd love to know obviously then you got into meditation talk us through how that all absolutely so basically I had gotten to this place where literally I was seeing a therapist because I was I was having horrible panic attacks. I was depressed, I was very emotionally flat. Um, I was having allergic reactions in my mouth and throat to all raw fruits and vegetables. Um, my skin, I stopped having my period, my skin, I started getting hyperpigmentation on my skin. My hair was falling out by the handful. Mm. I've like gained weight in a weird, like an attire around my waist in a weird way that like no amount of exercise was getting rid of. And finally, sort of, I had had IBS issues that turned into just like intense amounts of bleeding. Mm. So I was seeing like tons of different doctors, 
I just like couldn't, it was one of those things where it, was, it happened slowly over time to the point where I was like, wait, everything's kind of falling apart. And I remember going to see a specialist in New York City. I went and got a colonoscopy and she, the results came back and she was like, yeah, I don't really know what to tell you. Like you, you're on your way to some sort of autoimmune disease, but I can't really tell yet. Why don't you come back in a year when things get worse and we'll put you on steroids for the rest of your life? that's America for you, honestly. Mm. And I was like, whoa, 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 wait. I'm like 26 and not to be gross, but like bleeding out of my butt, like a ton every day. And you're telling me to go home and get worse. Like, are you serious? Mm. So I remember I went and I got a second opinion and they were kind of like, yeah, we don't know what this disease either, but like, we want to put you on these crazy steroids. And the side effects of the steroids were worse mm. or as bad as what was going on in my body. And I was like, okay, this is terrible. And I luckily grew up in a very sort of like a hippy dippy family where they didn't really lean on medication that much. Like I grew up eating organic food, running around barefoot in the woods, like very ideal, ideal, idyllic. <laughs> and um, I remember calling my mom and she was like, well, let's just like do some research and see if there's like some, some other alternative way we can go with this. So I ended up just taking my results from my colonoscopy and Googling them. And it was so crazy to me because it didn't take long to understand that I had like a bunch of inflammation in my intestines. And then going down that rabbit hole, I found a doctor in New York who had written a couple of books about intestinal inflammation about the microbiome. And again, it was something very new. No one was talking about this. And I, so I was like, okay, whatever, I'll buy the book. So I read the book and he had a whole protocol and he was really, really expensive. And, you know, I was like a act, struggling actress at the time. So I was like, okay, I don't know if this is like in my budget, but I remember I yelped him and I was looking at all these reviews and everyone's like, you can just, you don't even need to see him just do the protocol. So I remember I invested in all these supplements and spent like a couple hundred dollars buying things that were going to sort of heal the lining of my gut and repopulate the good bacteria, get rid of bad bacteria. And then I completely changed my diet like cut out, you know, all processed foods, grains, sugar of any form, caffeine, alcohol, dairy, that kind of stuff. And I, I really was like, I don't know, because I grew up eating healthy, but nothing that extreme. And I felt, you know, essentially like I was doing some sort of weird science experiment on my body. But within 12 days, I remember this 12 days, I woke up one day, and I felt like I shot out of bed, my energy was different. And I swear it was like someone had taken a really crappy Instagram filter off of my life. It was like colors were different, food tasted differently. And I realized that there had been years where I was really anxious and depressed. And all of a sudden I felt creative. I felt happy. I felt like myself again. It was like someone took 10 years off my life. And I was like, oh my God, I had lost who I was. I didn't even realize in this haze of like not feeling good in my body, I wasn't connected to myself. And it took, you know, the better part of six months for basically everything reversed. The gut stuff took longer to heal. But again, meditation played a really good, like a huge, huge component in healing the rest of that. And I was, it was one of those things where I couldn't get enough. I couldn't read enough about the microbiome, enough, enough about the gut, the gut brain connection. And still doctors weren't talking about any of this stuff. Mm. And I was like, I have to go back to school because all of a sudden you know, when this happens, you start attracting people into your life that need your help. So I'm giving a lot of like, un, you know, solicited, but like unwarranted, like medical advice to people being like, I don't know, this is just what worked for my body. Like, do you read this book? And I was like, I, I have to go back to school. So I went and I was looking into getting, going to become like a registered dietitian or a nutritionist or anything like that. 
and no one was teaching anything mm-hmm. about the gut brain connection, anything about the microbiome at the time. So I, I ended up finding this health coaching program. And I didn't even know what a health coach was. I'm like, is that even a real thing? Mm. And it was an amazing program where we talked, I loved it. And they hooked me in because they talked about two things in addition to talking about gut health, but they talked a lot about bioindividuality, which is the idea that everyone is so different mm. and what you need to eat is so different than what your mom even needs to eat. So looking at everyone truly as an individual. And then the other concept was the idea of primary foods versus secondary foods. And I don't know if you've, you've probably heard about this, but the idea that, you know, your primary foods are your relationships, your career, your spirituality and exercise. And secondary foods are food, you know, alcohol, drugs, anything you ingest. And the, and the idea is if one of your primary foods is out of balance, it tends to manifest itself as a secondary food craving. Mm. So when we're sad, we want to eat ice cream. When we're stressed, we want to eat pizza, that kind of thing. So zooming out and looking at how everything from sleep to your relationships to how you feel in your house affect how, what you put in your body and vice versa. So it did, it wasn't looking at macros and calories and, you know, gluten-free or non-gluten-free. It was like looking at people's individual bodies and needs and life. So that was transformational. I love the program. And then from there, because I was still acting, I was like, how are people not talking to artists about this? Like mm. our bodies are our businesses, like how we feel, what we affect actually ha- affects how we think and feel therefore how we perform. So I ease, I kind of fell into teaching workshops and started teaching at a conservatory. I was lecturing at NYU and doing a lot of stuff with performers. But then over time, it was like, well, everyone's performing to some degree in your life. Everyone has a job where they have to go and perform. And it just sort of branched out from there. And the more I fell into, you know, the more I became interested in this, the more people I was helping, the less interested I got in doing Buick commercials and, you know, running around New York City auditioning. I was like, wait a minute, I'm actually making a real difference in people's lives here. And, and it just blows me away because people would come to me, especially in the beginning. And here I am thinking, I'm just going to help them with their diet. And a month or two into it, like you're watching them fall in love with who they are again, because, you know, maybe they're eating different and feeling better and they're authentically more connected to who they are. And then showing up like that, the right job comes, they're making more money or they're calling in the right partner. And all of a sudden they're in love. And, and, and it's so amazing. Like it, it's just, I feel so grateful to do what I do because here I am sitting, just kind of helping people navigate, giving some information, but essentially helping people fall in love with, you know, the essence of who they are again, and just giving them the tools to be able to fulfill that all the time. Yeah. Wow. I love that. How amazing. And what a huge journey that you've been on within yourself. And I like, I think what the experiences that we go through often like are going to be like the things that we like you, and then you're coaching from a real place of empathy, right? So you can really understand. And in our like modern society, I suppose you can say we have just such issues with knowing how to feed ourselves. And food is this really interesting thing because it's like, we can't just cut it out. We, it's not like, you know, if you have like a drinking problem, for example, you, you can't just like, you, you can cut it out for, you know, it's still going to be a challenging thing, but you cut it out and whatever. Whereas food, it's like, you always have to eat and it's always going to be exposed to you when it's so easily accessible to us. But we get really skewed messages around what it is that we should actually be eating and how much we should be eating. And we get so disconnected from our bodies that we're just eating to fill a void or just to make ourselves feel happy in the moment or whatever it might be. So how do you feel like, for most people, 
that feel like they might have like gut issues or something like that? What's kind of like the first step that you look at within their lives to kind of be like, all right, this is, this is what needs to, we need to work on first. I look at, there are a few different areas. So I ask, you know, sleep's really big for me, Mm. sleep and stress. You know, are you happy in your relationship? Do you like your job? Like those four things are, you know, we lead with that on one side, you know, and are you moving with your relationship to your body? So I kind of get inventory on all of those areas. And at the same time, it's like, what are you putting in your body? How Mm -hmm. much of it is actual real food? And in the United States, like we have such a big problem with processed foods that aren't real. It's just not real. You're putting something in your body that is so far away from real food that it is confusing everything from your taste buds to, you know, your ghrelin and leptin, which are your hunger and satiety hormones in your brain. So here you are just putting fake things in your body, confusing everything. Your brain's not going to work normally. So I tend to try to get most of my clients, um, Cause a lot of people do come to me initially for some sort of like, they just don't feel great, whether it's fatigue, mm. whether it's gut issues, whether it's weight loss, whether it's hormone imbalances, something, they have something physical that is also going on. So I try to get them to do a 10 day reset where we're pulling out stimulants or put, pulling out processed food. We're only putting really good anti-inflammatory foods into their diet for 10 days. Well, really having them pay attention to the role food is playing in their life. And because what happens after the first five days, you're getting all the addictive foods out of their system. So their brains aren't craving them. Their taste buds aren't craving them. They're resetting their taste buds. So after the five days of this 10 day thing, they really are getting messages on what, you know, clear signals on what their bodies need. And I always tell them, you know, if you're craving whole foods, that means there's an imbalance there. And we maybe need to supplement with more protein or fat or anything like that. But if you're craving pizza and candy, like that's actually now a habitual, a homo- emotional or a stress craving. So really pay attention to like what was triggering that. So they end up like the first two weeks were together. They have this really interesting understanding of what their body actually needs to eat and what it feels like to be in the natural rhythm of their body and their cravings. And also what areas they were medicating with, with food. Mm. And so it gives us a really interesting idea because the crazy thing too is like, and I'm sure you see this all the time with clients is whenever I do an initial intake, I'm, I always ask them at the end, like, what are the, you know, one to three things you need to be doing to be healthier? And they always know. Yeah. They always know. So it's like almost clearing the way for them. And I I often just feel like a guide. It's really like getting people at the end of the day, after we initially get them to understand like how to put real things in their body that don't mess up their cravings and their intuitive connection to their body, Mm. then it's just guiding people back to themselves over and over again and encouraging them to trust them and trust themselves. And the, the, the craziest things happen because they do just start to magnetize all these wonderful things in their lives. Yeah, totally. Because when you feel in alignment, when you feel like yourself, you're able to be a magnet for the things that are really like meant for you, like the right opportunities. I see this all the time. Um, and that's something that I practice with intuitive eating as well is a lot of the time people don't even know what hunger feels like and mm-hmm. people are waiting until they're really, really starving to eat as well. So a lot of the work that I do with my clients is 
recognizing that you don't need to be like absolutely starving in order to eat because then once you get to that point then you start again having like kind of weird cravings and then you start eating food and then you completely miss when you're feeling full like you know what I mean so it's like Mm -hmm. realizing that hunger is yes obviously feeling physically hung like empty in your stomach but it can also just be oh I'm low in energy or you know I might have a little bit of a headache or whatever it might be and it's just and I, I remember as well because you know I was brought up in a in a like in like a I guess a a situation where diet culture and dieting was very normal so I was never encouraged to like listen to my body or actually think about you know snacking when I was hungry it was more just like oh I shouldn't be snacking I should just be eating low carb I should be eating as little as possible and getting by but obviously with my story what that led to any sort of restriction was always leading to me binge eating and Mm -hmm. then restricting Mm -hmm. again and just being completely disconnected from my body and when you're like that, obviously you're not feeling confident because you're constantly feeling like you're failing. You're constantly so disconnected from your body. And you're also living your life trying to fit your body into a mold that someone else has decided is the perfect mold for you. So to then try to express yourself authentically, it absolutely doesn't work at all because you're waiting, you know, the whole thing of waiting to get to the perfect body. So for me, because I had done that and for so many of my clients, for so many years, you get into this habit of just denying any of your body's natural signals. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. a big part of what I'll do is get back into like, and using kind of a hunger scale and understanding like what it is to actually be hungry and not solely feeling like it can only be when you're really, really starving and actually understanding, okay, well, if I'm, you know, at like a three or a four, it's okay to have a snack and it's better to have a snack then, or it's better to have a meal then because you'll actually be able to listen to your body. So what are your tips for, I guess, listening to your body better and reconnecting to your I- intuition, I suppose? Um, I no, that totally resonates because I definitely, um, my mom was a model. She's really tall and thin and she always loved to exercise and was always concerned about, she luckily was naturally thin, but I watched a woman who loves food and eating, but also loved exercising and was just concerned with what she looked like. And I ended up with a rage. I was like totally bulimic in college. And I, it was very, uh, for me, it was, I think more, I'm so sent, I'm like just the most sensitive, empathetic, spongy of a person. It was not only because I had gained weight in college, but it was because I didn't know how to deal with my emotions. So it was like, for me, it was like eating and throwing up to like really manage how I was feeling because I'm so overwhelmed and I like you got to this place where I really didn't know how to trust myself I really didn't I felt so far away from understanding and liking and knowing what to do with my own body it was crazy which didn't then I you know I eventually developed gut issues because I was eating so you know it's like it just started a whole slew of things which makes me really sad to look back on because I think a lot of the health issues that I suffer from we're, you know, on some level self-induced mm. by my lifestyle and the way I talk to myself. And, you know, I spent years hating my stomach and my gut. And I was like, oh, I developed an autoimmune disease in that part of my body. We spent years looking in the mirror, telling myself how gross it was. Like, that's not surprising to me. Mm. Um, but with, in terms of the one thing I really like about this, detox and I don't not everyone does it but because it takes all of like the addictive stimulant um foods out of your system that anything that's gonna even caffeine any of those things is what ends up happening is 
people, their hunger cues change. Mm. And all, I tell them literally everything that's approved on this list, because it's not a diet. I'm like, eat as much as, of, of it as you want and just really, really trust your body. And when you aggressively take out any form of like sugar and grain and anything that's going to make you crave other foods, you reset your body in this really interesting way where people are less hungry often. It's really interesting. Like they don't, you know, I didn't realize I, how much I was eating and I didn't need to be eating all day and all of this sort of thing. But I really just get, I'm like, listen, when you're putting these types of food in your body, your body knows exactly what to do. So it's this weird thing of like, just trust. If you want to eat like five avocados one day, just do it. Mm. Like your body's going to even out because of what you're putting into it is really good information for yourselves. Because body, uh, food is just information for our bodies on a cellular level, telling us whether to create health or disease. So when you take anything out, you know, you really strip it down to really, really healthy, you know, veggies, healthy proteins, healthy fats, those kind of things, and allow people to just eat those things. Like your body is going to self-regulate. So I just tell people, I'm like, listen, as weird as you want to get on this 10 days with the food, like just go with whatever and just observe it like a science experiment, no judgment. Like there's no portions, there's no anything. And it's really interesting once you give people this freedom, because it is, you know, there's nothing they're going to harm themselves on. Like no one's going to eat cute, like 12 bowls of broccoli. You just can't, like you just will not feel good. But the interesting thing is eat healthy, delicious anti-inflammatory foods and they will actually taste good. I just have to take a little, I need to take a little more time to like think about it and cook. Mm. And B, um, I had no idea, you know, it was like one of those things where it was like, I realized I was eating more at these weird times or like giving them permission and giving them like, here's a list of a lot of food that you can just go nuts with. I feel like so many people don't take the time just to mm. pay attention and just to put really nice things in their body. So that alone, I feel like it's it's interesting how shocked people are. And I'm like, listen, just do whatever you want and just go for it. And from there, towards the end of the 10 days, everyone is a little bit like, well, a lot more in tune with everything. And it was like, well, I was eating because I was bored. Or I realized that like, I eat ice cream every night to cover up the fact that I'm lonely or it's just mm. very very interesting what people come up with and then after the 10 days it's like I I it's completely guided by them so I'm like listen I recommend going like incorporating things back in slowly so it's like after these 10 days what were you really craving and if you're craving you know starchier things like healthier whole grains like let's go there let's go there first and see how that feels and we just get them making these small incremental changes that are completely dictated by what their bodies are telling them so it's like I get them quiet I get them really listening and then I give them permission to just do whatever makes Mm -hmm. sense initially even if it feels like intellectually it doesn't make sense and I think that freedom and that intentional listening the combination of the two ends up being really powerful for people Mm, yeah it is that really that setting the intention and having like a time you know I don't do any kind of gut resets with my clients specifically but what I always do when they come to me is that they're normally dieting pretty intensely or they've been you know they might be struggling with binge eating and I often talk about how we go through this sort of like honeymoon phase when we stop dieting and we start getting really hungry and we just eat all of the foods that are around us and the thing is is that this will happen to most people where they'll Mm -hmm. start eating a lot of food but they don't really allow themselves to like go through the full 
process of it because they get worried about it and then they start a new diet or they feel like they they kind of pull themselves back but the thing is is that when you really commit to it and you just kind of like allow your body to do what it really wants eventually it gets to a point where you're like oh okay this doesn't feel good anymore and you're coming from an empowered place and and an informed and intentional place to make a change rather than oh I I'm eating a bit much now and I need to instantly kind of like react to that and change it and stop myself from eating it and when you're doing that you get stuck in this really restrictive sort of pattern and so the beautiful thing that I see with my clients is once they give themselves permission and obviously when you're working with a coach, it's within like a safe container. And that's why it's so important to have the right support with it, because otherwise it would be really easy to kind of get scared and go back to old habits or ignore the problems. And, you know, sometimes if you are, for example, like what you were saying, this happens with my clients all the time where at nighttime they might eat a lot of food because they want to feel really full. Why do they want to feel really full? Because they're feeling lonely. And so they're trying to fill that gap up. And at least if they feel full, then they don't have to think about the fact that they feel lonely. And to tackle that head on by yourself feels so vulnerable and so exposing that of course when you don't have the right support it's just easier to keep eating or easier to keep dieting or easier to blame the fact that you don't have the right body for xyz reason lonely sad stressed all of the above so yeah I I can totally understand that and I feel like with my own journey as well my fa- my whole family, we all have like mild IBS and it's always just been something that we've dealt with. And I remember when I started meditating um, and I didn't know this, this wasn't really like an aim for me to start meditating, but I, I used to be such a gym junkie. Like I would always be eating all of the protein supplements, um, you know, putting in as many vegetables to all of my meals as possible, but not really eating any carbs. And as you probably know, that's not great for your gut because you're only eating one type of fiber, constantly bloated, constantly confused as to why, constantly eating all these like fake protein bars as well. Like just everything. My stomach was just like blowing up all the time on top of that, being so stressed, having no way to deal with my emotions, like was completely unself-aware. Like I, I, I literally had no idea what an intuition even was at this point in my life. Cause I was like early twenties, just like doing what I thought I was meant to be doing. Like, I didn't even know the concept of like listening to your gut. Like I literally was just like, what does that even mean? I'm just going to do what like the logical thing is to do, which is to keep dieting or to go to uni or to, you know, work at my job or whatever. Um, And so I started meditating though. And I noticed that my gut issues um, and, and I started meditating and I started kind of incorporating a little bit more like wholesome foods, I would say, like started eating a little bit more rice, eating more regular times rather than trying to only eat like these huge gaps in the day and not eating as much as I could. So I started eating a bit more regular, started meditating, started eating some more rice and, you know, bread, like just like normal things in my body so that my body had something else to digest. And my, um, my bloating and everything like that, my digestive system started functioning so much better. So can you explain to us this whole idea of like the gut and brain connection. Yeah, absolutely. So we have uh, this nervous system, you know, how they call the gut our second brain. It's because yeah. you literally have the enteric nervous system in your gut and you have more nerve cells in your intestines than you do in your brain. And for years, they thought that your vagus nerve, which starts at the base of your brain and hits your heart and your stomach and goes all the way down to your intestines. They thought the messages went down from your, you know, from your brain to your gut when really most of them come up. Mm. So if your gut is unhealthy, you are not getting the signals to release neurotransmitters in your brain, like serotonin and dopamine. So much of that stuff comes out of your intestines. So 
if you're, you want a healthy brain, you need to have a healthy gut and vice mm. versa. So stress really, really compromises the gut. It cortisol, the stress hormone dries out the intestines. So it's this really interesting, and this is why, you know, the inside out, outside in approach where it's like, you need to make sure there's good stuff going into your body, really great whole foods to, to populate the, the good bacteria that live in your microbiome. Cause those, if you have the right bacteria that live in your gut, then you will have a healthy brain. So the goal is to really take care of these little bugs. We're like this huge meat soup full of bugs, essentially. There are 10 times more bacterial cells in our intestines than like we have human cells in our body. It's, it's crazy. And we have a microbiome on our skin, in our mouth, and they all protect us. We have all of these organisms. It's, I don't know, I could nerd out on this forever. I think it's really cool. But essentially, if you're eating the right things, you're gonna have the right bugs in your gut. Therefore, you're gonna get the right signals to your brain. But again, if you are chronically, you know, stressed out, upset, mm. anxious in a bad relationship. They, they talk about if you're sleeping every night next to someone that you don't get along with or you don't mm. love anymore, like you're in a bad relationship, that's going to affect the stress levels in your body. You know, so if your emotional life is a disaster, that is also going to wreak havoc on the little bugs in your intestine, on the, the lining, your intestinal walls. It's going to create permeability and end up with something like leaky gut where you're getting undigested food particles and poop going into your bloodstream and then turning on your um, immune system and getting an autoimmune response. So it's this really interesting cycle of how we have to take care of both for us to be healthy and happy on both sides in terms of, you know, physical health. And most, uh, most of your immune system is located in your intestines. So again, yet another reason to keep your gut healthy because your immune system, especially these days, which, you know, is so important with what's going on with COVID. It's like, you want to make your immune system as healthy as possible. Again, it all comes back to gut health and eating healthy foods. And the cool thing is, if you are eating healthy whole foods, if you have a diversity of vegetables, if you're getting quality fats, if you're having, you know, whole grains, nice proteins, whatever makes sense for your body, you will effortlessly have this great, you know, garden of cool bugs that live in there and take care of you. It's the excess sugar, the excess alcohol, too much caffeine, you know, too much processed foods, inflammatory oils, processed grains, gluten for a lot of people can be a problem. All of that stuff is what's gonna, you know, give you an overgrowth of bad bacteria and maybe you end up with candida or SIBO or something like that, or leaky gut or a combination of things. Mm, yeah. And you know, what's really interesting when I was really stressed in this time. So I would say when I was at uni, the last like two or three years, so extremely stressful, was not taking care of myself, didn't have a very good relationship to money, didn't have very good relationships in general, like just so many things felt so overwhelming. And whenever I think about that time period in my life, it was always like a feeling of keeping my head just above water, but like barely. Um, and at the time I could not eat bread. And if I did eat bread, like just normal bread, I would just get so bloated. So I would eat gluten-free bread all the time. And I, I almost kind of convinced myself that I was gluten intolerant, but now that I'm got so many self-care strategies in the bank, I eat, I'm so in tune with my body. I eat pretty much everything. I can eat basically anything and not get bloated at all. And, and, but what I have done is that I'm so connected with my body that sometimes I know as well. And I can look at food and be like, Oh, today, if I eat too much of that, or today, if I even eat that, I know I'm not going to be able to digest it because I can feel that I'm holding like tension or stress in my body. And that just comes as like a result of constantly checking in of practicing and also actually using your body 
to decide what feels right for you rather than trying to like logically explain everything all the time. I mean, that's such a, I mean, that's so brilliant that you're doing that. And we all need to be doing that. Like that, that's exactly right. You know, if, if again, so much of IBS is related to stress mm. that, that, you know, and that's why most people like there are all these weird medications for it, but like, mm-hmm. that doesn't really make sense mm. because IBS is just a blanket term for a bunch of symptoms. There's really no root cause. And when it's, it, it, it's just really interesting how it's getting treated, especially more in America. It's like, oh yeah, just take this pill. It's like, that's actually not going to help because yeah. there's probably something going on in your life other than that. And our bodies are so much wiser than our brains and yeah. you need both for sure. But the interesting thing and the thing that I feel like we don't get taught and we don't talk, well, I mean, people are talking about it more and more. I think it's great is like, there is a knowing in your body that it, you know, it's faster, it, you know, like you initially, when someone, something doesn't feel right, you, you initially react to mm. it. Your, your brain is a little bit behind, but with your body, your body is always guiding. If you know, actually how to listen and connect to it, your body's always guiding you in the right direction. It's always guiding you towards expansion, towards love, towards like what mm. you want. And it'll guide you towards stuff that's scary, but in an expansive good way. That's scary. That is excitement. That is sort of like, you know, in your chest, like butterflies, not like pit of your stomach. Someone's going to stab you scary. Yeah. And your brain is always trying to protect you, which we want. We need that, but that's always based in fear. So you know, if you're listening too much to what's happening in your brain, you're again, fear-based thinking all the time. That's going to keep things small. That's going to, if, if you sit in that area and start ruminating, you're going to get into anxious thoughts. You're going to get into fear-based thinking. And then again, your cortisol levels are going to raise. Your gut's going to become a mess. It's going to be easier to put on weight. And with a lot of people, especially in New York, when I was living and working there, so many people ended up with just a little extra weight because of the amount of stress they were under mm. just because your body's trying to protect you. Mm. And if you're running around all day and maybe you're a sensitive person and you don't have enough time to, to yourself to be quiet and you're just being bombarded by traffic and people and schedules and alcohol all day long, your body's going to put this protective layer on it just because it's trying to take care of you because it doesn't feel like things are okay. So, I mean... I, I think I got, t- took a left turn somewhere for the question, but um, our, our bodies are so incredibly, they're so much more wise. I, I, you just got to listen to that first, I think. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Like often it's so true what you were saying about how your mind just takes time sometimes to catch up. And when you're not really self-aware and you're not in touch with your body and you don't have practices to touch in with your body, it takes a little bit longer, but it's like your body's always giving you kind of like signals to like, when you do something, it might get excited by it, or it might, you might be like already acting in a certain way. So actually just pay attention to that rather than feeling like, oh, I need to understand everything. And I need to ask someone else's opinion and I need to read, you know, it's like just and obviously go and expose yourself to the right information, but listen to what you're like, make sure you check in with your body to then take action on the thing rather than first trying to rationalize something and then trying to get your body to catch up because it doesn't work like that. Like your body already knows what to do. It's just a matter of you listening to it and taking action on it. And sometimes, yeah, that can feel a little bit scary or uncomfortable, but obviously if you want something that you don't have, it's always outside of your comfort zone. So if you want to feel a different way, you want to bring in different results, you want to create new opportunities, whatever it it is going to be stretching yourself and putting yourself out 
for new opportunities or whatever. And that's why, like what you were saying, I love working with the relationship with food and healing your body because it really is a gateway to becoming more aware, which obviously helps you to change your whole life and your whole perspective of what you think is possible. Um, I think we're going to have to wrap up there. Was there any sort of last little nugget that you wanted to share or impart with the audience before we finish up? Well, I just think to just add to what you just said, I like, I love teaching sort of self-connection and trust this way through food because you get a really loud signal. If you, you know, maybe dairy is not working for you. You take it out and then you have a bunch of ice cream and it gives you diarrhea. Like that's a really loud signal. Your body is listening to you. If you can start to pay attention to those signals, like that intuitive, you know, learning that part of your body or intuition around foods, it's the same intuitive muscle that you're working that's going to tell you whether or not a relationship's good or a job is good. So, you know, if this is something, if, you know, you, you don't have great connection to your body, you don't know how to listen, starting with food is a really beautiful place to do it because you get very black and white answers. And from then you can just trust. And the only other thing I would add is I think the hardest thing for people with trusting in their bodies and their intuition is that sometimes you just don't get the most logical answers mm. from your body. And I think often you go into your mind and you rationalize in this way. You're like, well, no, it goes step A, goes to B, goes to C. Like I'm doing the appropriate thing or the societally appropriate thing where so much of the time I have to be like, get, get people in and listening and trusting and being like, no, I know that seems weird to quit this job without a new one. But if that's what your body's telling you and they do it and then something beautiful happens, it's like, it's weird, but it ends up you a to go A to C much faster often. So it's like trusting the, you know, that it's maybe not linear, but it's the right thing to do. So, so, so freaking true. Yeah, couldn't have said it better myself. Well, thank you so much, Liana. This has been such an insightful chat. Where can my listeners find you and soak up more of your goodness? Uh, healthy by Liana on Instagram and that's L-I-A-N-N-A and newly to TikTok. I'm trying it out. I'm trying it out. Yes. Fun. <laughs> yeah, it's fun, isn't it? It's so different to Instagram actually, which is a really nice change. I'm loving it on TikTok too. So that's awesome. Well, I know you're killing it. Oh, I've been looking at your stuff. You are killing it. You're natural on it. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Um, well, we'll leave all your links in the show notes and thank you once again for coming on. This has been awesome and I'm feeling very lit up for the rest of the day. Me too. Thank you so much for having me.